Birmingham City have done it again. Three wins on the bounce now for the Blues, thanks to a double from, you guessed it, Ellen White. We have interviews with Mark Skinner and Paige Williams coming up, as well as our preview of Sunday's game against Sunderland with a returning friend of the show. Welcome everyone to Great Since 68, the only dedicated Birmingham City Ladies podcast. It is episode 25. I'm Craig Hadley and I'm joined as always by Chris Pugh. Have you got some feeling back in your fingers after yesterday, Chris? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, mainly the uh, the old nose and toes, but yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm just about feeling it again now, yeah. Joining us tonight also, making her long-awaited return to the show, is Sunderland Ladies superfan Katie Hume. How are you tonight, Katie? I'm okay. I'm I'm still a bit chilly from last night, though. Wait, Katie's saying she's cold, Chris. What? what it, she must be coming down with something. Yeah. Well, I, obviously, it was it was the whole length of the country that was freezing last night. Yeah. Not the result you would have wanted on Wednesday, Katie, but it shows the character of Sunderland this season that they came back to claim a point against Everton. I actually think it was a decent result from us. Um, after the Man City game, um, you know, playing 120 minutes against one of the best teams in the world. We were really, really tired at the end of the game, so I think a point was a, a fair result. I think teams were exhausted, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy with the point. Lucy Stanleyfourth with her ninth goal of the season. The support for an England call-up is mounting for her. Just how good is she, Katie? She's absolutely fantastic. Um, Lucy is a player who I've been watching for a good few years. Um, I watched her ever ever since I come back from my ACL injury at Liverpool and she's just gotten better and better. At the minute, I think she's one of the best midfielders in the WSL. You also took on Man City, as you say, at the weekend in the FA Cup, narrowly heading out in extra time. Chris and I don't have to try too hard to relate to that feeling of disappointment. After all, it happened to us in the previous round. Man City are just a, a quality save. There's no denying that, but I'm incredibly proud about how how well we did for that game. It's honestly one of my favourite games I've been to. I know we lost it, but just the fight in the girls, it was something to be incredibly proud of. I think uh, just like what happened to us, Chris, um, the fact that we lost to Man City and then came out in the next game playing so well, it, it's kind of a similar thing for Sunderland. I know they didn't get the win um, afterwards, but it's like that momentum. And you, when you know you can compete against the best teams, it just pushes you on into the next game. 100%. Um, you know, and, and I think... I think for Sunderland as well, you know, for, for any team, if if they have a good result against a side like Chelsea or a Man City, as you say, even though Sunderland didn't progress in the end, you know, there there were what two minutes I think it was, you know, Jane Ross scored in in the 90th minute, so they're only a couple of minutes away from progressing, and and it's how you react to those sorts of results. You know, Sunderland have been on a on a decent run before that. Um, you know, they they've proved a lot of critics wrong again this season. Um, and obviously they they took a lot of confidence from the Man City game, and I think I think that's the way you should look at these games. You know, even even though they didn't progress and, and Man City go through to the semi final, you know they, they they put so much effort in, and um, as Katie said, they should be very proud of themselves and and take a lot of confidence, which again they showed their battling qualities last night as well. They absolutely did. And Katie, obviously we haven't talked about the goal yet. We're going to let you do that. It was, she scored from a corner. How about you describe what happened? I think that sums it up. Just She curled it in from the corner. Um, It was just an absolutely fantastic, fantastic goal. She's done it a couple of times before. Um, I know that she's done it for Liverpool and I know that she did it for Sunderland, I think in the spring series. 
But um, yeah, it, it was definitely planned, I think. She's done it before, so it's definitely not an accident. But um, every, I think every time um, she scores, it's an absolute worldie. Because the goal against Man City, if you've seen the highlights, that go- it doesn't do it justice. It could not have been more further in the top corner. It was absolutely perfectly placed. There's certain characters in the WSL, Chris, who score goals, specific type of goals. Obviously, Farrah Williams tries it from halfway when it's kickoff. Uh, and Georgia Stanway scoring worldies at the moment for Man City in the Champions League. But this Stanley fourth goal, Chris, from, from a corner, you, you shouldn't be trying that. And she does and it goes in. I think it's a testament to to her belief in herself um, and her ability from set pieces. You know, she's, you know, Katie mentioned the goal she scored against Man City as well. That's if you had a free kick 25 yards out, that's exactly what you'd want to do with it as well. So, um, you know, she's a threat from set pieces, corners or free kicks. And obviously, you know, it seems now anywhere within 30 yards of goal, you know, she, she's got the confidence and belief to have a go. I remember the one Katie talks about in the spring series, I think it was a very similar goal. Um, obviously, we had Joe Potter as well, who I remember scoring directly from a corner, I think, a couple of times for Blues. So, you know, if, you, if you've got that, that whip and that delivery on you, um, you know, in this game, it's it's a, it's a big weapon to have and, and Stanley Force showing that she's using it to her advantage at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. That confidence is flowing through her at the moment. And if she doesn't uh, get in at least Phil Neville's thoughts looking forward, um, she's going to be disappointed because she's doing all she can. Moving on to the Birmingham City game then, and it was a 2-0 win for the travelling Blues side. Bristol were given the go-ahead to pick Sophie Bagley in goal for this one. She's currently on loan from Birmingham. The first four I had, and I hope I'm proven wrong by this, is that I hoped it wasn't another Chloe Peplow situation. Peplow obviously started for Doncaster Bells back in November and was gone a few months later. What were you thinking when you saw the name on the team sheet, Chris? Not massively surprised. I don't think it's anything to to alarm ourselves with. Um, you know, I think I think obviously Caitlin Leach has left Bristol and and they were they were left with you know, a, a very young kid who, who I don't know if she's even made her first team debut yet. So, um, you know, obviously they've, they've had a word with Blues. You know, we spoke to Sophie afterwards and I think it was, and a couple of the Blues players, I think it was just a case of that, you know, Bristol asked if, if they could use her um, and it being a league match, you know, obviously Blues want Sophie to play as much as possible. Um, and, and obviously they... They agreed to it and, and, and Sophie was allowed to play. So I don't think I'd read too much into it. Sophie was up against an informed striker in Ellen White. And I believe despite the two goals, she performed well, as expected, really. Yeah, she, you know, she the, the first goal she couldn't really do a lot with. Um, you know, the, the balls come across um, and, and Ellen's in the perfect position to stab home, as she has done for, for the last month, really. She's, she's been... She's been living off that sort of service. Um, she made a really good save uh, from Rachel Williams uh, early on as well, uh, which would have made it 2-0. Rachel burst through and, and she's she's got a really good hand on it. Um, saved from Ellen again, which would which denied Ellen her hat-trick actually late on. Saved it low down with her feet. Um, I think she dropped one cross, which was a little bit of a shaky moment. You know, it was difficult for a Bristol team to be keen to to press out from the back, and um, you know, we, our high press, we were we weren't keen on them having a lot of time. So she was at times she was a little bit rushed, but um, overall, a, a general goalkeeping, like I said, a, 
a couple of good saves, a couple of smart saves, dealing with some crosses. A decent performance from Sophia, yeah. Both goals for Blues came from the one and only Ellen White. It was her ninth and tenth goal of the season. Joint top scorer now in the Women's Super League. No doubt she's on fire right now. Chris, take us through the game, and in particular the two goals. You briefly mentioned the first Ellen goal there. We started really strongly. Um, yeah, we're having a lot of the ball, moving it quickly. Won the ball back in midfield, and it broke to um, the ball. Eventually, came out on the wide right to Charlie Wellings to hit a, a cross shot, a cross goal, and Ellen in in the right place at the right time stabbed home. And and from that moment, you know, we 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 really did look confident, and when we took the game to Bristol, we like I said, we were pretty much camped in their half. For a, for a lot of that time, keeping the ball moving, making Bristol work hard. I had the chance with Rachel Williams. That, that was probably our best chance. Emma Follis had a shot as well. Uh, Charlie put one just wide. Jess Carter had a, had a long-range shot, which went just past the post towards the end of the first half. At the end of the first half, we were in complete control, and it was, you know, we were a little bit disappointed not to be more than 1-0 up. But start of the second half, went a little bit sloppy. Bristol come out and... And kept the ball a bit better, and, and and you know tried to tried to press us high like we were doing to them. I wouldn't say we were in any danger really, and made a one or two regulation saves in the second half, but nothing out of the nothing out of this world. You always felt that we were in control, and you know if we got the second goal, that would be the game wrapped up. And it came from um, a Paige Williams cross from the left, uh, Rachel Williams heading it down onto the post. I think Sophie might have got a touch which pushed it onto the post and the lethal poacher, Ellen White, again in the right place at the right time to, to tap in and, uh, and finish the game. Chris spoke to manager Mark Skinner after the final whistle and here is his interview. 2-0 victory tonight over Bristol. Uh, your thoughts on first half performance overall? Very good. Started out the blocks quickly. Second half off the boil a little bit but got the goals when it mattered. I'm not happy with the start of the second half. I've discussed it with the team on the field. We have to start better than that. At half time we spoke about nothing but starting well and about don't be complacent because Bristol will come out and they're an honest hard working team with, with good quality players so I knew that they'd come at us. Um, we have to fix that. That's not acceptable but I won't let that take away from the dominance again. We've dominated that game. We should have been more up in the first half. We've had chances. So overall, I'm thinking I'm loving the clean sheet. It's another clean sheet, and that that gives you a chance. You only have to score one goal then. And if we keep working hard to do that, we'll get more results like that. And it's a dogged determination, like you say, at times. You know, obviously, in an ideal world, you play perfectly well for 90 minutes and you win 5-0 every week but sometimes you know at the start of the second half wasn't that great but as you say we never really looked like conceding and's made one or two very very standard saves if you like um, so even though we, we weren't at our best on the ball shape wise and everything we, we didn't let Bristol get on top of us absolutely not and I think that we have to guard against that complacency if we're going to dominate the ball we've got to make sure our details are right so if we're going to play out from the back we've got to move as we play out from the back there's no way you can just stand in positions because that's when the opposition can stop you playing if I look at it again like it's a dominating we've dominated yeah. Bristol we've came to their backyard and dominated them so although we had that period in the second half which we will assess and we're not happy with overall I won't let it take away from the shift the girls have put in again three days after a great win against Liverpool 
and now we just need to recover and go again on Sunday and make sure we concentrate on performance because that will be key to getting the result. Just a quick mention for, for two of the players, obviously the goal scorer, you know, you need to put the goals away and Ellen White in, in the right place at the right time for the second goal but finishing those chances and about five yards away from me I thought Hayley Ladd again pivotal in that midfield moving the ball left and right really good again to get us going I would definitely agree with you on that I I don't like to single out players because I think there's there's a whole team that have put a shift in there and I look at like Sarah's come back into midfield and she's took a whack but she weren't coming off she wanted to come back on she's had stitches in her lip and she's come back on so credit to all of them they've they've worked so hard after a gruelling kind of heat it was even though it's the first spring heat uh, on Sunday and that affects you so they've come back out tonight and they've done they've done the job that they need to do and if you can win when you don't perform at your greatest well the, at the period in the second half we didn't perform our greatest but we still got the win so hopefully that's good times for Birmingham in the future. Chris also spoke to Paige Williams following the game and here is that interview here. Here with Paige Williams. Paige your thoughts on the 2-0 victory today? Yeah I'm really happy I think we dug in towards the end it was getting tough you know second game in a week um, but another clean sheet and two goals which really happy with and I think the team will be happy The team seems to be really confident at the moment I thought first half especially we started with, with a lot of confidence on the ball got the early goal and, and things seem to, to ease into the game from there That's it, I think it's just about sticking to our game plan You know, they came out and pressed us second half and maybe we were a bit naive in playing out still so I think that's the bits where we're going to have to work on You know, trying to play out of a high press but overall I think we controlled it in the end is that the difficulty now? Obviously, last couple of games we've shown how, how good we are on the ball now and teams are going to start noticing that and they might start to press us higher. Is it, is it that decision-making, whether, whether to stay, stay passing it or clear your lines at times? Is that, is that the difficulty now when facing difficult teams? Yeah, 100%. You know, Not many teams in this league are going to sustain a high press for 90 minutes, so it's about riding the high press and finding the gaps. So if you miss the front three out of your pressing, the gaps will be in midfield. So it's about us being a little bit more clever. But and I think stick to our game plan. But 100, percent I would I wouldn't be, you know, surprised if the next few teams we play come out and high press us. Yeah. Um, obviously, you you're a big contribution from yourself for the second goal, getting forward, getting the cross in. That way, you're happiest being at the moment. Yeah. You know, I love being out wide, and now this with the team playing so well, it does enable me to go forward. You know, with the confidence that we're keeping the ball. So, yeah. Anywhere on the pitch, I'm happy, but I do love being out on the left and getting the crosswind, especially for Big Will. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. You've been out of the team a little bit, back in the team now. You've played two games in, what, what is it, four days now. You're fit and round to go for the, for the Sunderland game on Sunday? Yeah, I feel great, you know. I'll just carry on working hard and doing the things that Mark keeps asking me. And, um, yeah, just keep working hard, focusing on me and the team. On to the news now, and it is time for the latest international squads to be announced this week. Alan White was named in the England squad, no surprise, to face Wales and Bosnia and Herzegovina. Now, Chris, Aoife Mannion and Jess Carter both missed out again. What do they have to do to convince Phil Neville? Just keep going. You know, just keep doing what they're doing and and, and their time has to come. Um, you know, Jess, Jess was very good again last night, defensively very solid, didn't, didn't get forward as much, um, but, you know, uh, her energy, getting a uh, pace at the back, um, is a really useful tool. And obviously, we know what we know what Aoife can do now. It, it, week in, week out, she's she's so calm on the ball. Um, you know, her ability on the ball as well. It, 
enables us to go through the phases. Um, the Rachel Williams chance I mentioned was started with Aoife bringing it out into midfield and, and she played a good pass into Sarah Malian who, who fed Williams. So yeah, I, I think, I think they've just got to keep being consistent. Obviously Mark has, has mentioned that the consistency for both of them as well, they, they've just got to keep going and playing the way they are. And, and if they do their, their call up can't be, can't be too far away. Let's hope not. Ellen White obviously is in great form right now, Chris. Do you, do you think she's starting against Wales? It's a tricky one, especially with Katie on the other end of the line. But um, <laughs> you know, there's a there's you could play a the lot. Both. You could that um, you know, but if you are only going to play the one number nine, there's there's a there's an awful lot of competition there. Um, to be fair, Beth has played out wide for Arsenal but she's she wants to be a number nine I think and and the same with Ellen she could play out wide but she's she's thriving as a number nine for Blues so it's a difficult one um if, if you're going purely on goal scoring it's difficult to leave Ellen out um but you know Phil Neville's got a lot of tough choices to make but Ellen's she's so confident at the moment and you know I think it feels like she goes onto the pitch wondering how many she's going to score, not if she's going to score at the moment. Yeah, she's she's in great form indeed. Now, Katie, I'll let you speak about it. She's obviously been called up. The former Sunderland super striker, Beth Mead, has been picked for England. Hopefully she's going to get her first cap under Phil Neville this upcoming week. Just how happy were you to see her name on the list? I was incredibly proud when I saw it. You know, it was it was a bit of a shock because it's, it's been something that I've been waiting for and waiting for. So when I actually read the that she was in the squad, I was just in, incredibly proud of her. Every time an England squad's been out, I've dropped her a message and I've said, "Beth, don't give up. You're a good player. Personally, I think she's one of the best in the in the league." Um, I'm obviously going to be biased because of our history at Sunderland, but um, yeah, I was just incredibly proud. Just because I know I know how much it means to her and I know how much it means to the Sunderland girls as well because. Um, They've they've all been supporting her, and you know it was nice to see that Sunderland actually congratulated her on a call up as well. So, yeah, I'm just incredibly proud. Yeah, I mean she's such a big part of the the uh, recent success that Sunderland have had in recent years. Obviously, in the lower league, she scored goals for fun every single week, and it's just great that she's finally got that chance to play on the main stage at an international level. You said she was um, scoring goals for fun in the WSL too, but she joined the WSL one and she was scoring goals for fun against the big guns as well. So, you know, um, scoring a hat-trick against Chelsea in the 2015 season, I don't know how she didn't get called up straight after that because she was absolutely superb that season. The 2016 season, you know, she finished our top scorer. She was still fantastic. And then obviously with her move to Arsenal, she hasn't been playing as a number nine, but she's been getting plenty of goals still. She's still a very, very, very good player, even on the wing. So saying earlier about um, if you'd play Ellen or you'd play Beth, I think definitely play both. I think Ellen is the number nine and uh, Beth on the wing. And I think it would be very good like that. Let's see if Phil Neville's brave enough to do that next Friday. Another person who will be on that pitch, no doubt, will be the Welsh international Hayley Ladd, who was also called up to the international stage for this week. Chris, she's been an important player for Wales in recent years and obviously she had to set out the Cyprus Cup with an injury, but she's back in the Blues side and straight back into the Welsh one. Yeah, obviously she went with Wales to the Cyprus Cup even though she couldn't play, which is, you know, it's a sign of, of, of that squad unity that they've got that even though um, even though she probably wasn't going to be able to play, you know, they wanted her there. She's a big part of the squad and 
Um, I mean, last night, imagine football poetry. You know, she, she is she's exactly that. She is everything. You want a midfielder who can keep the ball, who can who can move it quickly, who's who's quick around that midfield. You know, gets into good areas, reads the game well, and she she's got all of that. You know, and every, everything good that Blues are doing at the moment in terms of their movement and the speed that they're getting through the phases and the transition. A lot of it, you know, is coming through her, and you know she pivots so well. She could go left or right with a drop of the shoulder, and uh, you know she was doing that for fun last night. And and she's a massive player for Blues, and and she'll if she plays against England, whoever's in midfield for England have, have got to stop her playing and dictating the play because if if she does, Wales can be a threat to us. Yeah, she's got 43 caps for Wales so far. That um, speaks volumes as someone who's still really young. And obviously being former Bristol City captain, she's obviously got a lot of support behind her. And it's going to be interesting to see if they both line up against each other, how Hayley Ladd and Ellen White compete against each other, Chris. Hayley will probably be playing that deep-line midfield role. Um, you know, And if she does, she, she might find herself up against, you know, tracking Ellen's runs every now and then. So, um, you know, I'm sure they'll be they'll be having a bit of uh, a bit of banter about that for the next couple of weeks. You know, and then and then leading up to the big game in Southampton. Another big international story this past week was Sunderland manager Melanie Copeland was named Phil Neville's assistant for the next two qualifiers. It's a big opportunity for her. Katie, what will she bring to the England setup? She'll definitely bring passion, um, and she will bring experience. I also think that she's um she's a very good leader as well. She's very easy to talk to, so if any of the players, you know, any of the new players have problems, obviously Beth knows her very well. She's very easy to talk to and she'll offer guidance. And yeah, um, I think she'll she'll be a good manager because she knows a lot of the players from her Sunderland days as well, from playing like people like Jill and Steph. So yeah, she'd, she's a quality manager. When the England job was up for grabs, I was actually quite worried that she would go for that because I think she's... She's definitely underrated and she's definitely one of the best coaches in England at the minute. Does it worry you that she could potentially take that job up full time or do you think she could balance the two roles together? Um, I think she'll be able to, to manage the two roles together. I'm hoping she doesn't leave. I, I wouldn't mind our assistant manager, Vicky Greenwell, as Sunderland manager one day, but she's yet to get her UFRA licence. But um, I'd be really disappointed if we lost Mel because Mel's brought so much to the squad. Um, I mean, you compare this season to last season and we're a completely different side um, on the pitch. We're playing better football. Um, she's just she's brought so much more passion into the squad as well, which I think is very important. We will see what happens. Hopefully Katie is happy, whatever the outcome turns out to be. Looking ahead now to Sunday, Birmingham host Sunderland at Damson Park from 2pm. I'm sure all of our listeners will remember the disappointment back in January when the Blues lost 3-0 away to Sunderland. Katie was clearly thrilled, of course, with that one. But fast forward almost three months and looking back, we perhaps point to that performance as the catalyst for our current form. If that was the lowest point of the season, they've certainly shown character to turn it around, Chris. Yeah, they have. And a couple of the fans were mentioning that last night, you know, that it seems like um, that was a bit of a sea change that, you know, obviously... Sundler were, were fantastic on the day. Um, we weren't at our best, but um, I, th- I think that might have been. A, we can't put in performances like that again. We can't let let teams get on top of us like Sunderland did that day. And since then, we have. I think the only game we've 
we've uh, lost in the 90 minutes. The only game we've lost in the league is Chelsea, isn't it? I think we've won five of the other six now. So, um, you know, we, we've been on a really good run and you know, we, we beat, obviously beat Man City in the league and comfortably beat Liverpool last week. So confidence will be high, but it will be for Sunderland as well. They'll they'll be thinking exactly the same, and you know th- they've got that added boost that they know that they can beat us. They they comfortably did it earlier on in the season. Um, so I think it'll be it'll be a really tough game. You know it'll be our third game in a week. Um, I think the same for Sunderland as well. So um, there might be a few changes here and there, um, depending on fitness. But I think it'll be another tight affair. Yeah, obviously Mark didn't make many changes in the midweek. Obviously Sarah Mailing came in. But uh, especially that front four, do you think they're going to show signs of tiredness, Chris, playing three games in a week if he doesn't make a change? Because uh, with the players in Sunderland's team, they're going to be up for this and we can't afford to be off the pace. Uh, it's, I mean, they certainly didn't look like they were off showing signs of tiredness on uh, last night. Um Rachel Williams went off, but I mean, it wasn't an injury. You know, it was just a, a tactical decision late on. I, I, I've got a feeling he'll probably just say go again. Um, you know, with, with the players that are playing so well. In in fairness, Lucy Queen come on with with about ten minutes to go, um, and she showed some really nice touches. Got around the pitch well. Um, showed a, a, a good touch of pace. So um, you know, she, she could be one that comes in, um, but it's going to be harsh to to drop one of the front four the way that they're playing at the moment um, obviously Katie will know has uh, seen Sunderland's game so I, I, I'm not sure if there's any any little niggles anything in the Sunderland side but for, it's for our front four especially I, I think they'll probably go again actually yeah you've obviously got uh, Megan Sargent still recovering from illness she- yeah she'll be out I think she'll be out yeah Sarah picked up a facial knock in the build up to our first goal I think she had to have stitches in on the inside of her mouth. She was off the pitch for about 10 minutes, but um, she came back on and, and didn't look phased by the injury. So as long as she's as long as long she's feeling okay, um, there's no reason why she couldn't continue as well. And Katie, is there any players in particular that are struggling at Sunderland who might not make the game? Or um, any player who's particularly playing well recently? Is Galloway still playing well? Um, Galloway's been, yeah, she's been good, but um, she's been quiet on the goal front. Um I'm not sure whether she'll start on um, Sunday because um, on number nine, Simona Corinne is just coming back from injury. She got 20 minutes um, yesterday. So I wouldn't be surprised to see if she started because, um, she, you know, she started the, she's been out all season with injury pretty much, but uh, she played the Redden game um, on the opening day of the season and got the goal within five minutes. So I wouldn't be surprised if she was starting our centre-back, Victoria Williams, took a knock and had to come off yesterday. It'll be interesting to see if she's um, playing on Sunday. But um, I'm expecting to see a lot of the development side in the squad. Um, because, like I said earlier, they've been exhausted from the City game and it was a difficult game yesterday. So I'm hoping to see some of the dev team because uh, we've got very good experience with younger players in there. So... It should should be interesting. It should be interesting and indeed, uh, obviously Sunderland and Birmingham both have a history of bringing through youth players. So if both teams mix it up a bit, well, we might have a really interesting game. Or well, we'll have an interesting game either way. But predictions then, Chris, 3-0 defeat last time out. What will the score be this time? I, I got Bristol right, didn't I? Did you? I think so. Did I go 2-0? 
I can't I remember, think, Chris. It's been a week. Uh, it's been a few days, isn't it? <laughs> I think I think I went two 0 So um, brimming with confidence, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna back ourselves um, at home. We've got a good home record. Victoria Williams is a big player for Sunderland. Actually, I didn't know that she went off injured. So if she can't make it, that that'll be a, a, a pretty big loss for Sunderland. Um, I, I think I think both teams will go in with confidence. Um, both teams could end up scoring. I will go uh, a tight, hard-fought two-one win to Blues. How about you, Katie? I was going to say the same, but I think it's going to be very close. I don't expect it to be as open as the last game. So yeah, I, I would say two-one. With Stan playing how she's playing at the minute, I think the tactic should really just be passed to Stan and hope for the best. <laughs> Sunderland have exceeded the expectations of the women's football community this season, given the things that have happened off the pitch. So even with our form, I would be hesitant to get a bit carried away. Obviously, obviously, as you mentioned, Lucy Stanifov can score a goal from anywhere at the moment. So I think we'll edge it, but I think Sunderland will score. So it's going to be 2-1 to Birmingham. I'm going to, I'm going to have to go with the same as you this week, Chris, because it's, there's nothing in it, really. That's OK. Yeah, no worries. Before we go, there is just enough time to hear the interview I promised you at the end of last episode. She needs no introduction, but I'm going to give her one nonetheless. This 27-year-old joined the club in June 2016 and quickly became a fan favourite. She is the last line of defence and has been affectionately nicknamed the boss by her defensive teammates. She is, of course, anne Katrin Berger. She's an absolute star and, of course, overcame thyroid cancer and played just three months after being diagnosed. I didn't want to ask her about that, as I know it, it would come up on Tilt and Talk this past Monday, as well as outlets like uh, Midlands Today and ITV Central already covering this story. So, Chris, you had Anne and um, Mark Skinner on your on the Tilt and Talk on Monday. How did that go and what uh, what was it like? Yeah, they, they were both brilliant. Um, you know, Anne, Anne comes across as such a, a modest person, you know, for what, for what she's gone through. You know, she she's happy to talk about it, but... You know, she she's she's very very embarrassed by it almost. You know, she 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 doesn't really want all the all the adulation and the credit people are giving her, um, which which just signifies the sort of character that she's that she's got. You know, she's she's very humble, um, but a really obviously you know goes without saying a really brave, strong character as well. Um, you know, she was fantastic. She you know spoke about. Um, you know the, the the men's goalkeeping situation with with England and Germany amongst other things and and Mark was his was his usual bubbly self as well so yeah it went down really well and I believe that you challenged Anne to a penalty shootout Chris no no let let's get this right I didn't I didn't do anything I was um there's a regular listener who who seems to uh, relish in me being utterly humiliated from time to time so uh, he he's put money forward to um. To a cancer charity of Anne's choice for me to uh, take a penalty against Anne on Sunday and also to face Anne's penalty as well. Um, I'm not quite sure yet which one I'm more petrified about. So don't park in the car park is my advice because that's almost certainly where my penalty is going to end up. Katie, which one do you think he's more likely to succeed at? Saving one or, or scoring one? I think he's going to feel miserably at both, to be honest. <laughs> That's a very good shout. <laughs> That's the safe money, definitely. And I believe someone's going to be recording this, Chris, so we'll have to send out a link nearer the time. Probably Katie having a lap in the corner. but Yeah, I'll, I'll get it on a You've Been Framed and get me £250. 
I'll blaze it over deliberately and fall over and we'll go halves. How about that? Deal. <laughs> I, might, I might have to send out a tweet to Sue Smith to see if she can do a feature on it so it'll be on the women's football show. That'll be good. Oh, yeah. A, a proper analysis of how I smashed it 50 yards over the bar. Yeah, that, that'd be lovely. That would. We will look forward to that on Sunday. But for now, um, sit back, relax and listen to my brief chat with Anne. You returned back from your period out, um, obviously against Reading, and then you got a clean sheet. We weren't expecting you to be there, obviously, when you played, and then obviously putting in the good performances you did. Just how happy were you just to be back on the field after what's happened? I was like a little kiss. Someone took a toy from me, and I wanted back. I think I missed only three games. I'm actually proud of myself because you have to believe in something and you have to set your target and say, okay, I want to play as soon as possible. I Obviously, I don't want to risk anything because health is before everything. But it's just like um, you need a target. And um, if you have a target, just work for it. And that was my motto. While you were out, obviously, Fran Stenson and Hannah Hampton played in your place. How proud are you for them stepping up and, and putting in good performances for Birmingham? I think they did a great job. They did everything they could. And I think their team also helped them out because they didn't have that experience. But I think uh, they did well. And it's nice to see um, like little girls, not little girls because they are almost bigger than me, but uh, it's um, younger girls uh, who come through and I think these are the most important things because um, for me it's it's a pleasure to give them opportunity to teach them something. Working with Leanne Hall, who obviously was a goalkeeper at Birmingham City in the past, it must be nice to work with her and uh, learn from her as you continue to grow as your own as a goalkeeper. Yeah, I've really, really enjoyed it with uh, Leanne Hall. I think she's one of the best goalkeeper coaches I ever has, and I actually enjoy every time when she is here and um, we do a goalkeeper session. And it's just like I think with her, I always improve. I'm not going a step back. She knows how to treat me and how to push me in the right way. And even if I, I can't do something, uh, she's coming and um, do it even more. So I think uh, she. She's a really, really good goalkeeper and I just love it to um, train under her. You played in Germany first of all and then went to Paris and then coming to uh, England. What did you expect? Um, obviously coming from Paris to Birmingham it was a big change. Um, what were you expecting in England and how did that live up to your expectations when you came? First of all, the German league is one of the best leagues in the whole wide world. Um, Paris was more technical. And um, for me, uh, to moving to Birmingham, it was a good movement because I improved a lot. And I think the league is really strong, really strong teams. So it's not like three top teams and the rest is not as good. I could play for uh, big teams, but I need a challenge. So I think it was a good move for myself to go to Birmingham and have more experience. Since you came in, fans have really taken to you. They, they, they love you. They appreciate everything you do for the club. How important is that for you, for the fans to really get on board of you? Just seeing you play and how well you play, people really appreciate how great you are as a player. I really appreciate every supporter. That's the most important part for a footballer, to have a supporter. And I, I love when so many people, like today, for example, on a Sunday day, it's, uh, they come in and support you. And I think that's really important for every player because they can push you forward. They can, they can help you out when you're in like a, a shitty place. And I actually really, really love it. Final question. You haven't got any caps senior for Germany, but given how well you're playing recently, do you hope in the future you might be able to get a cap before you finish your career? 
Well, that's a good question. Um, I think um, I'm open for everything. Obviously, uh, it's a pleasure to play for your country. I'm just keep working, and um, if it's on, if they want me, obviously I, I go and uh, I will enjoy it. But if it's not on, then um, it shouldn't be. And that's all for this week's show. Thanks to Katie and Chris for joining me. You've been listening to the Great Sense 68 podcast, the only dedicated Birmingham City Ladies audio show. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, then subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or any other podcasting platform. You can also find the show on SoundCloud. Thanks for listening, and remember, keep right on.